Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Caleb McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. What is going on, Recovery to Recovered family? So excited that you are with us this morning. Thank you for tuning in to episode 11 today. Uh, Today's episode is titled, Your Snakes Have a Purpose. And I'm going to be preaching a message um, that the Lord laid on my heart this morning. I believe it's relevant for today. I believe that it is relevant for the believer um, and, and, and every aspect of your life, especially the challenging ones, because we got to understand in the body of Christ that God is willing to, wanting to, and does work everything out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Here on the Recovery to Recovered podcast, we believe that recovery is something that happens in you. It's not necessarily something that happens to you because Jesus paid a price for you to have newness in life. And here's one thing that really helped me in my recovery process and and giving my life to Jesus was beginning to understand that my snakes have a purpose, that the, the snake that'll jump up and bite you has a purpose and that God will use it all for the glory of his kingdom. Amen. So if you're ready to jump into this thing today, let's just let's just go after it. I'm going to try not to be too long. Can't promise you that. I got a little bit of preach on me this morning and I'm excited. So let's jump right into the word. We're going to be coming from Acts 28 this morning. A lot of us believers are going to recognize this set of scriptures, but hopefully I believe that I can pull out a rhema word from it today out of the Logos. I believe that I can pull out a rhema word that the Lord has given me and it's something that can affect your life. I pray that it is a right now word. So let's jump into this thing again. The title to today's message is your snakes have a purpose. And from Acts 28, starting in verse one, the Bible says, now when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta. There was a shipwreck and they were on an island called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on a fire, watch this, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down. But after they had looked for a long time and saw that no harm came to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. My, my. In that region, there was an estate of a leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed. And he laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. And they also honored us in many ways. And when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. 
Father, over the next couple of moments, I pray that you would anoint me to preach and teach your word today, God, that you would show me the path, show me and give me the words to speak, God, that you would show your people the path and that we would understand you on a greater level today, God, and that we would understand our snakes that bite us in life will serve a purpose and you'll use it all for your glory, King Jesus. We love you. We thank you for what it is that you're about to do. Amen and amen. So to give you guys a little background on the situation, Paul is a prisoner and he is led by Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment in the Roman army. He has found favor with this man and actually tried to warn the men of what was about to happen, but they didn't listen. A chapter earlier, an angel shows up in the night before and tells Paul not to worry about this wreck that's going to happen, but there will be no loss of life and that this wreck is actually has to happen and use will come from it. My, my, that his initial assignment of being before Caesar has to happen and you will get there. But since the people won't listen to you, we will just add another assignment on the way. Amen. We'll turn what the enemy is going to try to kill you and destroy you with and turn it upside down on him for the good of God's kingdom. Because once I put you on the island, you're so committed and submitted to Christ, revival can break out. Revival is going to break out. And the very thing that the enemy tries to use to destroy you is going to be turned on him. My goodness, I could preach that for a minute. Because I think it would be good for us to start looking at our storms, shipwrecks, snake bites in a new light. You see, if we look at it with the right light and the right perspective... As Paul did, which is it's just a part of the assignment, we would be better for it and might actually begin to do some amazing things in the kingdom as he did. Because if you ever get this on the inside of your spirit, you will begin to operate in powerful ministry like Paul did. It didn't matter if Paul was shipwrecked, stoned, beaten in prison or had a viper hanging from his hand. Paul knew how to shake off some things. My goodness, say it in your car, say it at your computer right now, in your headphones at the gym, scream it if you need to shake it off. I'm reminded of another time in Paul's ministry when things begin to shake and he's sitting in a prison with shackles and chains and he just began to praise the Lord along with his partner Silas and the very foundations of the prison began to shake and he was loosened. Not to mention an entire man's family was saved and baptized. Hello, the prison guard. What would happen? Who could get saved? Who could get healed? What foundations and situations would begin to shake? If we in the body of Christ, if you, if me, had this type of attitude in this level of worship in the middle of a storm or a shipwreck or a prison or a snake bite, I'll tell you what would happen. The very foundations of the prisons that people are bound in around us would begin to shake and they would be set free. The storms that you or people around you are in would begin to see Jesus walking out on the water towards your boat. Because you know if he just says peace be still that thing can be over. Do y'all remember I believe it's Mark 4 where Jesus is in the boat and the storm begins to rage and the boat is literally about to sink. You know, if you don't pay attention there closely, you'll miss a major factor of that. Boats had followed them out there in this account. And the fact that when Jesus said, peace be still, not only was the boat affected that Jesus was in, but every boat around them was affected. My, 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 that will preach, that will preach. I got a whole message on that. Maybe one day we'll talk about it. But do you understand the people in your vicinity, the people around you can be affected when you have this type of attitude. 
that Paul had. When the snakes come out to bite you simply because you're getting close to the anointing and the fire of God and you shake that person or that situation off and keep it moving, revival just might break out around you in your area like it did on Malta. Jesus. The reason this was able to happen is because Paul looked at every situation, good or bad, as an assignment that no matter what the situation was, there was purpose behind it. And that the good, the bad, the ugly, God could use it for his glory and he could manifest Christ in the middle of any situation. Wow. Hmm. You see, most scholars actually believe that this could have been Paul's fourth shipwreck because he mentions three in Second Corinthians eleven twenty five. You see, in these days, getting on ships was risky business. But for some crazy reason, right, we don't hear Paul complaining when this happens. We don't see him throwing his hands up in the sky saying, God, what in the world are you doing? Do you not remember my mission trips? Do you not remember the stonings? Do you not remember the beatings and the sleepless nights in prisons I've already endured? for you have you forgotten that my career my job as a pharisee and a priest to the nation of israel has been stripped from me and now you have me shipwrecked on an island of cannibals and a poisonous viper just came out to bite me do we see paul complaining in these texts and in these scriptures no we don't Why? Because he understands that his snake bites have purpose. He understands that his prison terms have purpose. He understands that his shipwreck is a new assignment. He understands that his dilemma is just a a bump in the road that will get him to destiny. He understands that his peril has purpose. We need to understand all of this. All of these things were there to try to discourage and destroy Paul, but with Paul's attitude of surrender to do God's will and bear his cross, they turned into opportunities for great manifestations of God's glory and miraculous power. Praise Jesus. Do you understand that the great trouble you might be having in your marriage can be an opportunity to show you God's wonder-working power of restoration? Do you understand that the cancer And the doctor's bad diagnosis can be an opportunity to show you God's wonder-working power of healing. Do you understand that the financial crisis or the job you just lost can be the opportunity for God to show you his wonder-working power of provision? Praise God. The reason why the text here says unusual kindness is because the natives at the time on this island were cannibals. There were cannibals on this island. Can I just share that? That When you walk in this type of anointing I'm talking about, because I believe that that's a type of anointing. It is a, a, the Hebrew word for anointing is balil. It means a mixing and a mingling. That's mixing and mingling God's supernatural power with your natural. It's an anointing. I believe it's an anointing to understand those type of things. That every snake bite has a purpose. Every shipwreck has a purpose. But I believe God is willing to give it to every believer and that he wants to. And I and and believe and I pray and believe for it to hit your heart today. But let's face it, most of us don't walk like this. But this is really what is the peace of God that's available for every believer. But watch this: when you walk in this type of anointing, the things that were meant to kill you and destroy you will begin to serve you. Oh my my my. The things that were meant to kill you will begin to serve you. 
Most of the listeners here today know my story and my background of coming out of addiction, uh, violent, angry, mad person, drug dealer, drug addict, all of that stuff. And now addiction serves me. Ah, come on, somebody. The thing that was meant to kill you and destroy you can begin to serve you just like the cannibals who were meant to destroy Paul on this island began to serve him. These people in the natural would have been making a fire to roast Paul and his prisoner companions. Instead, they're helping them make a fire to keep them warm and get them out of the cold. What enemy of yours will God make serve you if you begin to walk in this type of anointing and stop getting frustrated with your circumstances and just get closer to the fire of God and the will of God and the purpose of God through your rough circumstances? What if the loss of the job was to get you a promotion? What if the marriage got so bad to establish you with a testimony of actually overcoming and forgiving each other so that others could look at it and see hope and possibly do it themselves? What if the sickness you have begins to serve you and opens doors and get you into places you would have never been to share the gospel in the ER or at the hospital to the nurse who has no idea who Jesus is and is drowning in the worries and the problems of this life? What if the person making the accusation and the lies up about you is the way that God can establish the fact that you're actually changed because you don't go do what you used to do would have done to him? Sure, I've been there. But no, seriously, I mean, what enemy or opposition do you have out there that God can turn around and make serve you as 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 he did Paul in this situation? I'll tell you right now, though, it'll never happen unless you know and understand your trials and tribulations have purpose. And what the enemy tries to destroy you with, God will always turn around on him if you see it in the right light and react properly. Sounds like something out of the Bible, right? James 1 and 2. Brothers, consider it pure joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and let patience have its perfect work in you, that you may be what? Complete, lacking nothing. Moving on, let's get back to the text here. And my next point is this. Catch what is said here. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on a fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Ah, watch this. Did you catch that? It says the viper came out because of the heat. I feel like preaching in here. Can I share with you real quick that the closer you get to the fire of God, which represents the anointing and burning for the kingdom, snakes will come out. Ah, that'll preach. Let me say that one more time. The closer that you get to the fire of God, which represents the anointing, and the closer you are to the fire of Jesus, that refining fire, snakes will come out in your life. Let me also share this. I love the fact that Paul doesn't start cussing and going off or look to the sky and say, God, for real, like I'm in ministry, I'm doing all this for you. No, Paul simply shakes it off and he doesn't miss a beat. For one, Paul understands a snake is a snake. And guess what? Snakes bite. They just doing their job, right? Why are you mad about it? <laughs> Help us, Jesus. Snakes bite. Snakes bite. They're doing their job, are we doing ours? That's what they do. But watch this, Paul, he, he doesn't get mad. He doesn't go off and 
Uh, he just he just shakes it off and throws it into the fire and watch this he keeps tending to the flame and stewarding the fire and he keeps working my goodness that's so good and worth repeating he shakes it off into the flame and he keeps stewarding the fire of god mm. we in the church need to get better at stewarding the flame and not letting the snakes distract us. The snake is a snake. It's going to bite. It's going to do what it does. We have to keep putting the good wood on the fire. You might need to throw some lighter fluid on it every now and then. Like what is it that you're putting on your flame? Is it the things that will snuff it out or the things that will increase it? Can I tell you today that when the snakes come out, just shake it off into the fire that God has placed before you. Give it to him. The battle is his. He is your defender. He's for you. He's not against you. He'll prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy. I've come to encourage somebody today to shake off the snakes in your life. Shake off the snakes in your marriage. Shake off the snakes in your finances. Shake off the snakes getting in the way of your prayer closet and your time spent with Jesus. Shake off the snakes of that boyfriend or girlfriend who's no good for you. Shake off the snakes of the lies that accuse you shake off the snake who says your body can't be healed shake off the snake of doubt and worry shake off the snake of fear and anxiety i wish somebody right now would shake off some snakes in your life shake that thing off in the fire of god and watch god consume it i feel the holy ghost in here Check this out in verse 4. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. You know, unfortunately, that sounds like some church folks, don't it? Oh, Brother Bob and, and Brother so-and-so, they must have some serious sin in their life, and that's why the enemy got free reign on him, having a field day with him and his family. He must have some sort of major sin in his life. He must have opened the door for the enemy for something to come into his life, and, you know, that's why the snakes are after him. Hear me out. I'm not saying that can't be the case from time to time. But what I am saying is that not every time it is that case. Like I said earlier, the snakes come out of the woodwork when you get closer to the fire of God and you're walking in the anointing and the purpose. Paul wasn't doing anything except the right thing. And these things happen. I say all that to say this. Don't surround yourself with people like this, but with people who, when the heat brings out the snakes in your life, they come to encourage you and lift you up. Surround yourself with prayer warriors. Surround yourself with encouragers. Surround yourself with God-fearing people. Surround yourself with people who won't sit back and watch you get bit, but will help you throw the snake into the fire. Watch this third point real quick. Paul's response to the snake bite is what establishes a testimony for him on the island and makes him eligible for the favor of the people and then revival breaks out. My, my, my. Let me repeat that. Paul's response to the snake bite. His response to the snake bite establishes a testimony for him on the island that makes him eligible for the favor of the people and then revival breaks out on the island. Your response to the snake bite in your life can establish you with a good testimony or a negative testimony. 
How are you responding to the snake bites? How are you responding to the negative boss at work? How are you responding to your spouse? How are you responding to the tough circumstances that's going on in your life today? Are you establishing yourself with a testimony of being able to shake things off and keep moving for the kingdom? Are you establishing yourself with a testimony of complaints and murmuring and God, why is this happening? I don't understand this and that and the third and whining or are you going to shake some things off? today. I'm praying and believing for a mentality shift in the body today for believers who are listening to this. The addiction, the snake of addiction that bit you in your life, can I tell you today that God will turn it around on the enemy and use it for good? Hallelujah. The testimony. You see, Paul now carries a testimony of being bit by this crazy venomous snake. The word says that it fastened on him in the Greek word is kathopto, which means deeply bit or wounded and also to release poison in the body. What if we would operate like Paul and when the snakes in our lives come out of the woodwork, we just shook it off? Deeply wounded, who cares? Shake it off. Poisoned you, tried to kill you, shake it off. I'll tell you what would happen if we do this. We would establish a testimony of walking like Christ. And revival would break out and we would gain the favor of the people around us, even the ones who would normally eat us up with persecution. My favor with the people. You see, Paul's testimony is what gets him introduced to Publius, which in which the name actually means man of the people. You see, your response to the snakes in your life can directly affect your favor level with people. It's hard to accomplish the mission of preaching the gospel and seeing people saved when everybody can't stand you because you're negative or because you're a complainer or a murmurer or you hold no testimony of being a kingdom-minded person because reacting wrong to the snake bite can disqualify you. Ah, watch that. Reacting wrong to the snake bite can disqualify you from these other things that happen after Paul establishes this testimony of healings, revival breaking out, the gospel being preached, and favor, provision. Third thing is revival, which is my favorite part. Look at verse 7. In that region, there was an estate of a leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed can somebody shout hallelujah i feel like preaching a little bit because when you're walking in the calling the destiny and the purpose of god when you're close to the fire when you realize snakes and shipwrecks and every work of the enemy that's tried to destroy you can be used for god's glory and that it can set you up and establish you with a testimony and with a testimony you're set up for favor and with a testimony plus favor you're on the brink of revival somebody shout amen and if revival breaks out people can be set free healed and delivered and when you get to that point we're talking kingdom and if we ever get to the kingdom we get to the glory and if we ever get to the glory it's from glory to glory somebody shout hallelujah in the place today let me show you the last thing this type of anointing will produce look at verse 10 watch this they also honored us in many ways and when we departed they provided such things as were necessary 
if you will operate as Paul did and understand that your snakes have purpose, that there is a point to your shipwreck. You've set yourself up for, watch this, supernatural provision. Look, everything they had was lost, but they was entertained for three days at Publius's house. And here it says they were honored in many ways and they sent them with everything that they needed for their trip. That's supernatural provision. Why? Because what would have been their enemy actually is what provided everything that they needed. Jesus. Understand that your snakes have purpose. Shake it off. Don't let anything keep you from your destiny and the purpose that God has for you. The snakes, the shipwrecks, the trials, the tribulations are just a part of the story. And a great way to point to him and say, God to you be the glory. Hallelujah. Lord, we honor you. We love you. We praise you. Jesus. Help us to have this anointing. Help us to understand and have this perspective that God, what the enemy has meant for evil, you will turn around for good. The shipwrecks, the snake bites, the trials, the tribulations. God, you're willing to use it all because we know that your word says that you work everything for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. God, I pray that we would have a perspectives, our perspectives shifted in the right light, that we would look at everything in the right light. Lord, help your body, help your bride to understand this and to operate in this. We ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to episode 11 today. Remember that your snakes have a purpose and that your God is bigger than your situation and he's willing to use it all for his kingdom and use it all for his glory. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.